Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on, the, on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? Now, how then does he see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, 
but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard of anyone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and you're trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to church this morning. Let us pray. Dear God, help us to have a reasonable understanding of what we can understand and see. Help us to grow and to learn and to seek to understand. In your name we pray, amen. Well, we had a fun, festive day this past week. Uh, people were dressed for the occasion. There were activities at school. And that special holiday was? St. Patrick's Day. Yes, for some. And for others, the very special day was? Pi Day! March 14th, 3.14 a time to focus on math and science. So here's your math and science sermon for now. And it has to do with our gospel this morning. So let me, let me tee it up for you, okay? So we have this story of the blind man being healed. And right out of the gate, Jesus says, he's not blind because of sin. He's blind to give glory to God. Now, I don't think that that means that God made this person blind just to make Jesus look good. That doesn't make any sense. That would be terrible. God just, oh, I'm going to make you blind so Jesus can show off. I don't think so. I think what Jesus is saying here in this gospel is like I talked about with the children. We need each other to see. And it's about way more than physical sight. And in fact, the more we see and understand, the more we are aware of our own shortcomings, of our own blindness, ironically. So let me give you an example from the history of science. Okay, arguably one of the greatest scientists and mathematicians that ever lived was Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton in Germany. No, excuse me, in England. Now... He had a contemporary in Germany whose name was Leibniz. And both of them are remembered for inventing calculus. And who didn't love calculus? And also the discovery, right, we remember the apple falling on his head, of what? Gravity. So here is the situation when Newton was around. 
science was, a, was, you know, the renaissance had happened, science was growing, and everybody was really excited that we could understand everything, everything through science. But in those days, science was understood in very mechanical terms. They were building, scientists, and they were, were building models to explain everything, how our anatomy worked, how cells worked, how everything in the universe could be explained mechanically through physical models. This thing hits this thing, spins around and does this, so forth and so on, everything can be explained. And that's what Isaac Newton believed too. Then Isaac Newton discovered this thing that we call today gravity. Now, if you haven't talked about gravity in a while, let me just give you a very quick reminder of what it actually means. When we talk about gravity, ever since the days of Isaac Newton, we, we say that everything in the universe that has mass is attracted to everything else that has mass. And the bigger the mass, the stronger the force, which is why the Earth pulls us back down to it, right? Where the gravity of the Earth is pulling us down. But the thing about it that was so unusual was that you couldn't show it with physical models. Gravity, all the way on the other side of the universe, those things are tugging on us instantaneously. How can you see that? It's invisible. There's no gears and, and pinballs and things that you can show gravity working. It's an invisible force pulling on everything all the time. And when Isaac Newton came up with this, it wasn't the church or Christianity that got angry with him. It was other scientists. They said, Isaac, Isaac Newton has lost his mind. He thinks that there's still invisible forces in the world pulling on things. They accused him of practicing the dark arts. He was nearly kicked out of the scientific community. And near the end of his life, he was so distraught. He thought to himself, what have I done? I've taken us backwards. But he didn't. Because even still today, scientists have still not figured out exactly how gravity works. It's still one of the great mysteries. How can these forces be pulling on everything else instantaneously across super long distances? And we can't find it. We can't see the gravity waves under a microscope or anything like that. They're looking but they still haven't found it. Einstein, you might be thinking to yourself, well, what about Einstein? Einstein doubled down. He made it even more complex, saying the more intense gravity is, it warps time space, but you still couldn't observe it. Well, you could observe it. I mean, you can observe gravity, right? And you could observe forces pulling on it, but to explain it, you had to have a mathematical formula. What Isaac Newton ended up doing was he changed what science was. And ever since him, we had science and humanity had to give up the hope that everything could be explained with physical models and mechanics. That expectation 
died. And we were humbled. We were humbled as a species to realize that certain things, like gravity, we still can't fully explain. All we're doing with mathematical formulas is describing it. We're describing it. So what does that have to do with our gospel lesson today? It has a lot to do because in our gospel lesson today with the healing of the blind man, we see that something really unexpected happens. This man was born blind. Right away, Jesus said, it's not because of sin. It's for God's glory to be revealed. And then when he heals the man's eyes, does this man's life get a lot better, get a lot calmer, get a lot more peaceful, get a lot more joyous? No, it gets more complicated. There's conflict. There's tension between him and his parents, between him and his synagogue, between Jesus and the leaders. All this conflict starts to break out and life gets more complicated. And often that is the case that happens with us when we learn, when we let step by step our ignorance grow. You read a really good book, you see something on the news, you learn something in a class, and yes, it's good to know it, but the world gets more complicated. And some people actually say that the more that we know, the more we're aware of what we don't know. Which is why Jesus says at the end to the Pharisees, he says, if you couldn't see, you wouldn't have any sin. Ignorance is bliss. But when you see, when God gives you vision, spiritual vision, your sin, you see your sin, you see your own limitations. It's like the song Amazing Grace. Was grace that taught my heart to see and grace my fears relieved. So, what is the good news? The good news that Jesus says when he says that this man was born blind to give glory to God is that each and every one of us has insight. Each and every one of us, by nature of who we are, by nature of our life circumstances and what we've gone through, we can see things that our neighbors can't. And when God's Holy Spirit gathers us together in fellowship, like we have gathered together today, and when we talk to each other and we break bread and we say, hey, did you see the news? What did you think? What about this? And we talk to each other together, like when Ronan took the blindfold off of me, together we help each other to see. And each of us, with the part of reality that we can see, each of us has something to offer. Each of us working together in fellowship has something that we can do to make the world a better place, to bring about God's kingdom. Amen.